Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the school committee meeting of October 26th. This is our first hybrid meeting, so people will are here in person and people are joining us over Zoom. So welcome, everyone. It's lovely to see those of you who are here in person, and we're always happy to have um, participants and, and community members join us over Zoom. Um, so I'm going to call this meeting to order, and the first item is um, something that we haven't done in a long time, but we're going to salute the flag, which we haven't done remotely in a long time. But if you'll join, please join me. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Um, so first um, item um, is to approve the agenda for this evening. Are there any changes to the agenda from any members? Any deletions or changes? Nothing? Okay, seeing none, we'll move on. Um, to our next item, which is superintendent's update. Um, Assistant Superintendent uh, McKinney, would you like to take it from here? Sure. A couple things. Um, just a reminder to check the superintendent's blog and your school calendars for upcoming events. A couple of reminders. Uh, this Friday is a late start for students. Uh, we have professional development in the morning for teachers. Uh, this weekend, the Milton Foundation for Education is holding the annual Monster Dash at Cunningham Park. November 1st, there's no school for students. Sorry, kids, but the teachers are coming to school that day for PD. <laughs> November 9th, um, there's a Milton School Committee Forum right here on the Council on Aging on Personalized Learning. And a friendly reminder, if you have not already, make sure you get your tickets to the high school presentation of Beauty of Beauty and the Beast on November 10th, 12th, and 13th. Second, um, if it's okay with the committee, uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Principal Holly Pincannon and Assistant Principal Curriculum Coordinator Ellen Lohan from Collicott Elementary School, who's going to present their uh, school improvement plan. Thank you. Thank you and good evening. I also want to introduce to my left Mrs. O'Brien, grade five teacher and school site council member. It is our pleasure to be here tonight. We do have a pretty full team uh, for school site council and I just would like to recognize some of the people I see um, on the attendee list as well as some of the people in the audience. Thank you for being on our team and being present with us today. Uh, I would like to recognize specifically kindergarten teacher Julia Biajati, grade one French teacher Fatima Barras Alzine, Catherine Peralt, kindergarten teacher, grade three teacher Elizabeth Spitz, also our SEL lead, grade five Mrs. Erin O'Brien, our community representative Margot Tanzi, who is a retired teacher and brings so much to the table. We appreciate appreciate everything she does for us. Michelle Beans, parents in, in the audience tonight. Christine Morrow, parent. Nora Wilkins, parent. Amanda Dare, parent and amazing substitute teacher. Thank you, Amanda. Every time you walk in the door, I smile. Thank you. <laughs> Bring your friends. And also um, Lindsay DeGenero, parent and also PTO president. We are blessed to have an amazing team um, that consists of curriculum coordinators, retired teachers, um, 
stay-at-home moms, um, parents considering coming back to work. Uh, we're blessed because they bring so many different perspectives and voices to the table. So we appreciate all the work that they've given to us for years. Some are new this year, but we do have a pretty consistent and steady team. And um, I appreciate all their help in the goals that we'll share with you tonight and the success of those goals. At the Collicott, we have a mission, and the mission is always to have a commitment to academic excellence and high standards, high standards for administrators, for teachers, and for students. We have an extremely dedicated and creative staff, so committed, and they are always thinking about how to maximize um, and challenge our students. We offer, on a consistent basis, a variety of challenging activities and experiences, and it is our goal to provide an academic foundation and love for learning in a secure, safe, and stimulating environment that values differences. We are the Collicott Cardinals. I want to share with you today the theme for our year, and the theme is the best year ever. I remember being on vacation this summer in August with my family, and we were on a road trip, and I drove by this school, and they had a sandwich board, and it said, best year ever. And I remember calling Ellen, and I said, that's our theme. This is going to be the best year ever. We've been through a lot. There's nothing we can't handle. But this is going to be a really good year, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be full of hard work. Um, but we're going to celebrate. We're going to learn. Um, and I just took some time before the meeting to, to think about what it means to be the best year ever. This is the 37th day of school, and I want to talk to you a little bit about what we've done in those 37 days. So we started with the tour for new families. We had popsicles with our staff and PTO. We had a boohoo yahoo breakfast for our kindergarten families, some who were thrilled to send their kids to us and some who were really sad to lose their, their babies. Um, we've had nine newsletters go out. We've had one parent night. We've had an open house. We've had Katie Greer come to speak to our students and to our, uh, our families uh, to keep kids safe and secure. We've had two in-person PTO meetings. We've had two um, online diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging meetings with Claire in, in present. Thank you, Claire. Glad to see you here tonight as well. We've had two school site council meetings. This could be our third, and we're presenting. No pressure. Um, <laughs> we've had an open house. We've had two in-person assemblies to celebrate positive behaviors. We've had 40 Collicott Cardinals of the Week. We've had three classes go on field trips to Cunningham Park to have a lantern walk during the day so they could access that special activity that we offered at night. We've had uh, one extended day where we allowed all students to stay and create lanterns that they could use at our lantern walk across the street at Cunningham Park on a Friday night with optional costumes. We had um, picture day. We had picture retake day. <laughs> We've had uh, an amazing grade five social. I'm so excited. I have three of our most impressive students here with us tonight to talk to you in a little bit. Um, and we've had one night event where all of our fifth graders, 104 of them, I believe 95 of them showed up in our schoolyard for um, some really amazing fun, good old fashioned fun, playing in the gym, playing in the schoolyard, and dancing to music. There were no screens, there were no movies, there was no major technology, it was awesome. We had one uh, national walk and wheel to school day, very well attended with amazing support from Milton Police and also our PTO. And it just so happened to fall on the day of um, 
uh, day of service where we had 45 high school students back at Collicott. We had students from Milton Academy. They've been coming for years on this day and giving back to the community. We also this year, for the first time, had so many of our former students from Milton High School come back and help us, and they went right into their classrooms. They went right in to see their teachers, and they were so helpful. So not only did they distribute curriculum material, clean up our garden, John Gelly, I'm thinking of you. You did that by yourself. Thank you. Um, but they read to children. They organized libraries for classrooms. And it really felt like home having them here. We had um, my favorite day so far when Milton High School came and performed Beauty and the Beast, the preview. Was it not amazing? It was amazing. And for us, for me especially, I had those children in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And to watch those Collicott Cardinals grow, come out of their shell, stand on that stage and sing and dance and just have that amazing confidence um, was a very emotional day for me because I've watched these children since some of them are in our preschool at three and four years old uh, but a lot of our staff knew, have known them for a long time and you know I, if I could say anything to the elementary parents who are at home worrying about the, the, the minor struggles that your children are having right now they're gonna be okay just ask these kids on the stage so the Beauty and the Beast uh, preview was absolutely my favorite day of school so far. And um, we have also launched some amazing enrichment opportunities, which our fifth graders will talk about in a little bit. And we now currently are offering 25 after-school enrichment sessions, 25 different classes. So we have about 350 children extending the day, staying with us to do things like diamond art, yoga, dancing, handball, um, and quite a few other things. So. It's the best year ever, and it's day 37. So I just um, want to, again, recognize the passion and commitment from our staff to make all of these things come together. And I also want to recognize our PTO. Um, we have an amazing, very dedicated, and supportive PTO that makes things like this happen. So none of this happens by accident. Um, we also are very... Um, grateful to line with our strategic plan to have support from the school committee the Milton Foundation um, Curry Hardware just gave us 22 pumpkins for our kids to participate on in our next pumpkin stroll I mean the community couldn't be kinder to us so we're lucky so it's going to be the best year ever and um, I'm just gonna go with I have the best job ever so we are the Collicott Cardinals. I want to talk to you a little bit about who we are. Every school in Milton has a special something. Um, at Collicott, our special something would be our program to house students um, with significant need in special education, mostly around autism, and supported by the New England Center for Children. At Collicott, we house three um, self-contained classrooms that support 22 students. When I started, I think we had seven students. We have 22 now. So we hold three classrooms um, for children who historically may have been sent in a van to Southborough to go to school with people they will never see in their community. It is our pleasure and our privilege to host these programs at Collicott. Um, the classes are growing, um, and they're growing because the program works and people are talking about it. And I want to especially recognize the three teachers and the, the ABA paraprofessionals who work day in, day out um, with some challenging work. And um, some days are so fun and some days are hard, but they come every day and I just really want to recognize that and say thank you um, 
for helping us sustain an amazing program right here in our town. We also house uh, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth and fifth grade classrooms. Um, we are built for a school of four of each strand. You'll notice that we have five kindergartens, five second grades, five fifth grades. Again, we also have the three classes I just described. So we are far beyond what our school is built for, but I think that we're doing our best to make it work. And how we've done that, we've put up a wall in our nurse's office so Ellen could have an office. Mm -hmm. We have installed a window into a closet so our teen chair has an office um, and can see people. We have built a wall, we've taken down a wall, um, and we have doubled up on offices. We've built cubby spaces in our library. We have the most beautiful library that we share with Cunningham. Right now it's servicing many providers and classroom so there's a lot of fabulous work happening here and we are doing our best to um, make it happen in spaces that are built for something much different and again I appreciate the staff who rolls with it and rents out their office and holds IEP meetings in their office and some staff who might take a meeting from their car and zoom to get a private space um, mm -hmm. but we're doing it so I just wanted to share, I know the, the community is thinking about next steps for what we need, and we are feeling the crunch at Cunningham and Collicott. It's always my pleasure to share space with Dr. Redden and figure things out together. Um, but we are in a little bit of a space crunch. Just had to take that opportunity, sorry. So here we are uh, with our school improvement plan and goals, and it was our goal to give you this in 29 minutes or less today. We know you have a huge agenda. So we're going to um, dive right into it with Ms. Lohan sharing uh, the three goals that we hope to work on this year. Good evening, everyone. My name is Ellen Lohan. I am the curriculum coordinator and assistant principal at the Collicott School. It seems like we were just meeting on Zoom back in March when we presented actually specifically on St. Patrick's Day mm -hmm. after parent-teacher conferences. So it's great to be here with you fresh at the beginning of the year, really excited to share. You wouldn't think a lot of time has passed, but we have so much to update you on, so we're thrilled to be here. So we did introduce these goals at our last meeting, but we want to just let you know that we continue to focus on school improvement. We focus our goals in three different domains that are aligned with the, strate the strategic plan. First, we have goals surrounding academic and social-emotional growth, mastery through personalized learning, and of course, always the engagement of students, families, staff, and community with a focus on equity. So for our first goal, goal one, this is the goal that is surrounding social emotional learning. So goal one is Collicott staff will work to provide instruction, intervention, and programming to support social emotional growth with increased opportunity for inclusion. That inclusion piece is especially important because of the three classrooms that we're so lucky to house at Collicott School that um, Mrs. Concannon just described to us. Um, and our hope is if we achieve this goal, the result will be increased opportunities in school-based program which will result in academic achievement and growth. So we continue to offer positive behavior intervention system assemblies, PBIS. So these are assemblies where we go over our Collicott code. I can tell you that if you ask any student from K to five here, they could tell you what the code is. Shannon, what are our three things? 
Shannon didn't prove me wrong. So we know that our students at Collicott are respectful, responsible, and hardworking. And even our kindergartners will say that. It's not atypical to hear a kindergartner in the lunch line say, that wasn't responsible if a friend bumped into them. So kids are using this language, they are owning this language. It's really special. Each week we represent our Cardinals of the Week. Throughout the week, we have students bringing recognition tickets to the main office, and we do our very best to make a big deal of this. Students may be earning a recognition ticket for helping a friend who dropped their belongings, for being extra focused during a lesson, or persevering when something was hard. Or even today, we had students come in who ignored someone who was pretty distracting to them. We celebrate all of these wins, and when these children come to the office, we make a really big deal out of how proud we are, because we truly are. And every Friday, we pick a student that is our Carly Cardinal of the Week for each grade level who go home with a really special certificate and a recognition on our video morning announcements. So it's pretty special. We continue to work with Second Step, which is our um, social-emotional curriculum. We've also adopted the anti-bullying curriculum of Second Step this year in partnership with our adjustment counselor. We are now doing a s'more newsletter weekly as a school from Mrs. Concannon. We collaborate that on throughout the week. What's really special about our s'more newsletter is it's so accessible for families. We like to house everything in one place so we're not sending multiple emails throughout the week. You know that if you're looking for some information, you can go back to that newsletter and it will be there as a live link. Additionally, it can be translated into any language that you would need. And we have students who've actually even showed their parents exactly how to do that. So it's a really powerful tool and it saves us from having to ask everyone their individual needs that could change over time and it's very accessible. We continue with our morning announcements as a video. This is something we started um, during our hybrid and remote school so we could reach all of our students whether they were learning in the building or at home. But we got such great feedback from teachers that they said, could you keep doing that even though we come every day? Mm -hmm. So we don't hear the announcements through the PA system. Because we have such a busy schedule and we share many spaces and specialist teachers with the Cunningham School, specialist classes start as early as 8.30 and students are entering the building until 8.20. Some mornings there isn't time to take attendance, do the lunch count and get your class to a special for 8.30. Having a pre-recorded morning announcement means nobody has to listen to it in the hallway and teachers can do it at the time that's best for them. So we really appreciate that. Our adjustment counselor goes above and beyond to offer whole group lessons in addition to our individual sessions with students. We have huge success with our Collicott after school sessions or our CAS. We started this week, I was already lucky enough to benefit from a cookie from our baking class. We've had perler beads, we've had nature walks, we've had bowling. And what's really exceptional is the ABA paraprofessionals that deserve all of our thanks and recognition are even offering their time so students who couldn't typically participate in these activities are able to with success. So a huge mm. thank you to everyone who makes that happen, especially Ms. Barker, our administrative assistant who runs the whole show with that. Mm -hmm. We have Beyond the Bell for targeted groups. Many of our students participated in sessions um, based on academic data over the summer at Milton High School, and many students also enjoyed different programming with Milton Summer Enrichment in order to make a whole morning out of it, staying at Milton High from 8 to 12 with a combination of academic as well as some more fun activities, but ELA and math are fun too. And we hope to offer more Beyond the Bell targeted groups as we prepare for MTAS and we get more data and get to know our students through the year. We're so excited that we're launching our Grade 5 Student Council. We actually have some members here tonight, so we're excited to turn it over to them in a little bit. 
these students applied. They actually filled out a job application. They gave us all the relevant information. They wrote essays about why they would be great fits to rep represent their schools. And we're gonna start with bi-weekly meetings with this team who will help to drive many of the work that I've just described here. We have great inclusion opportunities for students and also reverse inclusion. So what that might mean is students going into some of our three partner classrooms to see a little bit what is it like to learn in that classroom? What are some activities I can be a part of? How can I learn from this student and this team? So we're really excited that that can continue. That's something we had to put on hold during COVID back when we were contact tracing everybody, we weren't able to do that. Now we able are again and it's a gift. We also have our grade five jobs, again, filling out those applications. Milton Marketplace and Dairy Freeze will be very ready. Our kids know how to fill out a job application. They are filling them out. They're saying why they would be a good fit, what their availabilities, what other activities are they participating in that we need to schedule around. And we're so excited to have that. We will have kids just the same way the Milton High School volunteers helped. They will help as well in classrooms, reading with students, both in English and French, helping out at recess, helping to organize materials, help grade papers. Our teachers are very lucky to have this help from our fifth grade. We always think we can tell a story, but our pictures do better. So you can see here in our slides here, we have students participating in specialist classes together. We have one of our first Cardinals of the week who is very excited to hold his certificate that he gets to bring home. And we see Mrs. Concannon during one of our PBIS assemblies recognize students who consistently follow the code. So in order to continue upon this goal, we will continue our monthly PBIS assemblies. Just this morning at 7.30, our PBIS committee met to brainstorm the best way to continue to build on this success, get teacher and student feedback on how we can make these even better. We will have our PBS school leads, um, Ms. Elizabeth Spitz and Mrs. McGrath, Allison McGrath, continue to present and lead at staff meetings and contribute to our staff newsletter. We will administer the IntelliSpark survey this fall and administrators will have recently um, trained in how to get the best out of this data. And we will continue to analyze data from the survey as a behavioral health team to continue to identify students in need. Our grade three students across the district, but at Collicott as well, will participate in a pilot of a grade three health curriculum. And we will have calm classroom training for staff. Thank you for some generous funding from the Milton Foundation for Education. And we really wanna increase opportunities for reverse inclusion. That's a big goal for us this year. Hi, I'm Erin O'Brien. I'm a fifth grade teacher at Collicott, and I'm here to talk to you about our second goal. Our second goal is for Collicott students will demonstrate a mastery of grade level expectations and beyond through personalized learning experiences. And we hope that students will be able to engage in educational experiences that take into account the specific strengths, interests, and needs of each student. We're able to offer a lot in um, enrichment for our students, things in our Science FOSS um, curriculum that allow students to put their hands on um, materials and work in collaborative groups. Um, our new math curriculum also allows for us to differentiate instruction um, it, and it's more accessible um, through technology. Our social studies curriculum um, brings into um, our reading materials, lots of different cultural aspects um, that we were maybe lacking before, so we're happy to have the new Sabas um, curriculum. Continental Math League is a challenging um, piece of um, math for students who are looking for that challenge in solving really difficult problems. Even teachers um, 
will challenge themselves to some of the Continental Math League um, tests that go out. We have ACE, which a lot of students applied for and were accepted to extra art. Um, Meet the Artist, Collicott After School Sessions, which Ms. Lohan just talked about. We'll have a science fair towards the spring, which we always have a great turnout for. Um, Box um, will happen, which is building our kids' success. A little activity um, usually happening before school. And then lots of field trips that will be planned for all students. And on top of that, all of our assemblies. And our next slide shows pictures of uh, students engaging in um, activities like making a pamphlet to show what they've learned in social studies about our national parks. And then we have our science curriculum, um, hands-on experiences with crayfish. And I think um, the kids liked it, but maybe the teachers not so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we can see students engaging in activities um, online, um, using read-alouds, and things like that that are allowed, um, that allow a lot of people to access um, the curriculum. Um, next steps, we wanna make sure that we're leveraging late start days for professional development, um, maximize common planning time and our staff meetings, and continuing to use data to drive instruction, including intervention and enrichment, which we have been purposefully doing. I also wanna recognize one of our high school students, a former Collicott Cardinal, Lockie Young, um, who is our first student teacher in our Collicott after school sessions. Um, you were Lockie's teacher and have capitalized on that relationship and um, Lockie has been coming to our science fairs as a judge and presented an idea to teach a coding class to our children. So this is our first cast class that um, I wouldn't say employs but offers an opportunity for Lockie to be a teacher supported by one of our staff. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's a first for us this year. It's my pleasure to talk about goal three. And in goal three, Collicott staff will maximize opportunities to engage students, families, and community members with the focus on equity. We always hope to provide opportunities that welcome all and don't make anyone feel um, uncomfortable or disconnected anyway. We wanna make people feel as though we all belong. Um, and that we're all equally important and have the same amount of power in our school. If we are to achieve this goal, the result would be that students, families, and community members will feel more connected and have more opportunities to engage and participate in school events. So it's exciting to be able to offer in person everything and have people up as soon as possible to volunteer. The school is already alive and well with the voices of volunteers. So um, again, we talked about our our diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging committee, um, our school site council, offering assemblies that are culturally competent. Um, and again, those assemblies are planned typically through our DEI C and B um, committee. We are very thoughtful about monthly assemblies, who we have in, field trips we take, morning messages that we announce. Um, our monthly PTO meetings are in person at Collicott with childcare. Again, another Collicott Cardinal graduate, Riley Bergen comes down to babysit in the gym. If for nothing else, you should bring your kids to see Riley because that's fun. Um, we'll continue with not only the kindergarten Boohoo Yahoo that I spoke about, but we'll have another one for grade five families. I see a few right now. You'll probably be boohooing at the end of the year a little bit, but yahooing to send your children to middle school. So we'll have that opportunity for grade five families to engage with middle school staff um, through a, a very casual coffee before our moving on ceremony. 
We also um, hope to engage more with more family speaker series. Again, we had Katie Greer, and we have some plans uh, for more in the future. We at Collicott, Ellen and I have the pleasure of meeting with our CPAC representative, Tracy Minoza, Collicott parent. We meet with her on the regular basis to make sure um, we are doing as much as we can to support our special education families. Um, and a lot of times it's just being there and being open. In June we had um, a coffee where we just sat in a circle and literally had coffee. And there was no stress and we got to know each other and I believe experiences like that will encourage people to come to the school more. We'll continue to celebrate our differences in grade four. We have five units that we hope to share this year. Um, units on hearing, um, physical differences, autism, um, and Dr. Maureen Butler, our inclusion specialist, is so helpful in making sure that all of our fourth graders, not just at Collicott but district-wide, have those experiences. Um, we also have a Collicott mom who is um, a very active part of this in offering uh, her own family's experience with hearing differences so um, we're lucky to have celebrating our differences it's a really uh, it's a primary source way to engage with understanding what it means to have a difference a learning difference or a, phys a physical difference spotlight months are identified themes are identified um, through our DEIC committee to celebrate um, you know maybe different heritages or um, women in history. Um, so we, we sort of take a theme every month and celebrate through our morning announcements. Um, I think trivia is a big hit with the kids, am I right? Okay, it'll be back in November. Um, we have, um, we hope to send out some family surveys. It's really important for us that we know who our, our people are so that we can celebrate. We know that uh, Diwali was a big deal for a lot of our families. Uh, this week and it was a pleasure to be able to tap into some of those um, connections and have um, some children in our morning announcements and uh, share again from primary sources um, what may be different and special holidays uh, feel like sound like and uh, we hope to engage more families and um, making we, we make like two to three minute videos on different things so we can send out in our newsletters but also in our morning announcements so we hope to continue doing that we want to have some curriculum morning and evening gatherings we have so much going on our teachers are working so hard getting to know all of the new curriculum but we also want to make sure that families understand it as well so they can support their children at home um, at Collicott and many other schools uh, we celebrate with the meet the artist program where family volunteers are invited in um, babysitters can come too and they can be become the artist and um, it usually involves a read aloud with a short lesson and the children uh, become Picasso or many others and you don't have to be an artist but you you can all do this um, I rarely couldn't but you can so we also um, hope to continue with mystery reader this is a huge deal in our kindergarten classes when the kids wait to find out who's coming to read that book and it's typically somebody's um, relative but sometimes it's a, a, a teacher or um, an administrator so mystery reader is a big deal we hope to continue with digital citizenship day again this year this is a chance for family members to come in and actually teach what it means to be a good digital citizenship citizen excuse me we have all the materials we lay it out for you um, but and we'll make you look like the expert it's really a great way to connect with kids and teachers and become um, part of the children's school day 
And again, the Milton High School and Milton Academy volunteers will continue with Milton Academy. We have another Collicott Cardinal, uh, uh, Braden Benzon, coming back this week uh, as a Milton Academy student. He'll come back and work in our French classes, supporting primary grades, learning French. Um, we also have some other students who are not graduates of Collicott coming from Milton Academy to help with recess. This is an engagement opportunity that we've pursued for years and we're very grateful to have. With Milton High School, this day of service was I had a great impact on our school, so I hope to work with Karen Cahill to maximize more opportunities. I will say that our, um, our high school students, I think of um, the, the, the students who have come to work at our back-to-school picnic and to work our grade five social, so we found a way to offer community service hours for our high school students for night events. So we hope to find even more ways for them to participate. So if we, um, you know, we're going to work really hard for this to happen. Um, in our pictures here, you can see some of our volunteers in the, in the center picture. We have our Milton High School students who, again, happen to have graduated from Collicott, but we had many others, and we welcome all. Um, and we have some of our first graders sharing a little bit about um, their family life uh, through Hispanic Heritage Month. These are uh, twins in Madame Barras's class who were brave enough to sit in front of their class and share a little bit about their lives. And then uh, the last picture, you see one of our students practicing what it feels like um, to play wheelchair basketball. This was an activity that was fun um, for students, but it also, they realized how difficult and challenging it was. Mm -hmm. Their natural curiosity led them to a, a different place of empathy from this experience. So for our next steps, we, we hope to continue to work with Claire Gallery Jones and all of our committees. We are hoping to partner with Jeff Parati and the whole entire district to host an elementary family speaker event. Um, I would be um, not telling the truth if I told you that everything is easy in my job. Last year was especially challenging um, for many reasons and um, the division of our community was probably the one, one of the hardest things for me as a principal. Um, I live in this town, I love this town, and I love our families, and I respect the differences and uh, the differences of opinions. And I believe if anyone can bring us to a place of common ground, it's Jeff Parati. And my hope is that we can come together as a community before there's a problem and be open and ready to listen and ready to learn and ready not to judge um, because I think I'll take this moment to tell you that we're all real people and with real emotions and we might not engage in the Facebook comments or the nonsense that happens but I will tell you it gets to us and um, we don't need to be like that so my hope is that we can all come together and uh, and move forward so Jeff Parati just so everybody knows he is um, one of the leaders in safe and supportive schools he has um, worked with our staff for a long time What's great about being in an education is that you organically watch children grow. And you watch the way the world changes through their eyes. And you watch the values of children. And it's a gift for us to have professional development. It's a gift for us to get to know real children in the moment. Um, but not everybody has that. And I really hope that we can offer that experience for families because that's the difference is education, is experience, and authentic experience. So my hope is that in the best year ever, we all come together, we remember that we're all real people, we're kind and we're respectful, and 
if you would love to put a comment on Facebook that you'd like to discuss, I'm not on Facebook, but I would really appreciate an email and an opportunity to talk to you. So um, we're all here. So again, we hope to expand opportunities for families and community volunteers. So that's our goal. Those are our goals. Um, but one of the best things about School Site Council, and this is a little plug for our team, is School Site Council is the most powerful team we have because at School Site Council, you make really big decisions. You talk about money, you talk about field trips, you talk about what we can buy or how we can buy it. You talk about the impact of our instruction and what we need to change. So one of the best things that happened at School Site Council last year is um, an idea was born from Erin O'Brien and the grade five team after they had researched data. Um, and Erin's gonna talk a little bit more about that data um, and what it led us to do. Um, every decision we make is thought out and it's a shared decision. We don't make decisions. We as a team seek the help of our teachers, of our staff, um, and our families. So Erin and the grade five team, after looking at, at some data, um, proposed a few different ideas to us. Um, not just to us, our whole entire staff at staff meetings, then at school site council and the parent teacher um, organization, family teacher organization, and then we moved forward with the vote to change to a fifth grade model. So um, it is my pleasure to let Erin take over. Miss Lohan and I are going to back up and I'm going to introduce the most important people in this room, three of our fifth graders. I'm gonna ask Shannon Kyler, Zach Fisk, and Nyla Sager to come join the table because you're gonna talk, they know more than we do. So we'll let them take <laughs> over. And while they come up, Erin can talk a little bit about how we got to where we are. Hi again, everyone. So I just want to um, thank um, my teammates, um, Karen Curran, Anna Curry, David Rosner, Jess Murphy, um, Clarice Moji, because without them, we would never have been able to come up with all these ideas, which um, we think are pretty good. So hopefully um, you'll see from the kids here um, that we have hopefully made um, a decision that is going to benefit all of our fifth graders. So we had, um, um, in 2020-2021, we had an extraordinary year where we started the year in a hybrid model. And um, at the end of the year, we were full-time back in school, but we also were taking MCAS, which um, I think if you had pulled us in September, we would have bet that we weren't gonna have to take MCAS, <laughs> but we did. And when we got the data back, um, we were surprised, pleasantly surprised, by um, the achievements that our kids made in especially science MCAS. And when we were um, you know, analyzing that data, we came up with, the only thing we could think of was that we were, because of the hybrid model at the beginning of the year, we were able to provide these opportunities for kids to learn um, science independently and then back together again with us. And there was just a lot of time on task with science that year. Um, more time on task most than most other years um, with the previous grade five model. And so we <coughs> were thinking about it last year and we decided that there's no reason that we can't make changes to what we have. So let's figure out a way that we can most efficiently use the time that we have with our kids and be able to um, show them exactly how we can do science and how we can become scientists. So all the things that we took into consideration are on this slide here. Time on learning, social emotional health, 
the integration of our English innovation and French immersion students, curriculum pacing, um, the challenge that it um, requires to hire a .3 French teacher every year. Um, those are some of the things that we had to take into consideration. And we did not take any of those lightly. We know that integrating the English innovation and French immersion students is a big deal in fifth grade. Um, most of their elementary school years they spend separate and in fifth grade they have an opportunity to come together and collaborate and learn together and you know um, foster new friendships which um, we can see here we have some new friendships um, already and it's just the end of October. Um, benefits to the model we think are um, dedicated and protected time for science instruction, preparation for middle school, integration of pathways and consistent French teacher in fifth grade so this year our French teacher is um, 0.6 because she does 0.3 in the morning and then 0.3 again in the afternoon to the other group of French students. Um, we have become um, a really great team that works very well together. I'm proud of us and you guys. So, <laughs> so um, this year all students are placed in their homerooms based on their pathway. So students from the English Innovation and French Immersion Pathways are then mixed for science class only. And then three hours a week are dedicated to science instruction. So in my science class, I will have a separate um, group of students in front of me. No one from my homeroom is in my science class. Um, and my homeroom students have been evenly distributed among the other four fifth grade teachers. And so they're mixed in those classrooms with um, French immersion and English innovation. It's about half and half in those classrooms. And we, um, pro we proposed this because we thought science is the best way for kids to be able to work together. It's a naturally and organic collaborative um, academic subject where kids are gonna have to put their hands on things together and figure things out together. And um, so in order for us to make sure that kids are learning, we wanna make sure that we're dedicating those three hours, but then also at that time, we're allowing new friendships to be fostered. After um, science class, um, students also then eat um, lunch daily with their science class, except for maybe Fridays where they choose their seat because they're cool fifth graders now, <laughs> and they can choose their own seats, right? <laughs> Um, and then there's also many events for fifth grade that um, we um, offer and that the students look forward to. And um, we're looking forward to as a fifth grade class. We're pretty lucky because we get all the celebration at the end of the year um, more than the other grades do. So I'm going to let Nyla speak. Would you like to start? She's gonna tell us a little bit. Hi, my name is Nyla Sager. <laughs> I'm in the fifth grade at the Collicott School, and I'm going to tell you about fifth grade jobs. There are many fifth grade jobs at Collicott. Some of them include student council, where we help lead the students to better learning opportunities. And we also have bus duty, where we organize the buses in the morning and afternoon. The fifth grade is an amazing place with amazing opportunities, and we can show you by explaining what it is like there. All fifth graders had to apply if they wanted to do a job. Most jobs are during lunch and recess, so we don't have to miss any classes. <laughs> I personally am on bus duty. It is a job that occurs before and after school. It's fun to be with other kids in the grade and still get the job done. Fifth grade jobs help us with social, social skills as well. 
For example, if you are in French immersion like me, in your jobs you can be with the English classes too. They are not only educational, but they are also really fun. These jobs keep us ready for the many things the world will throw at us, and I know I will forever cherish the friends and memories I have made there. Thank you. Hi, my name is Zach Fisk. It is a privilege to go to Collicott School because we have many things that other schools don't. We have many things that are useful and help students grow, like computers and books. We also have many other privileges, like being able to have a big library and very helpful teachers. Other special privileges that fifth graders have include student council, ACE, band and strings, cast classes, jobs, open seating, and open seating at lunch. Collicott has all of these and more. These privileges and tools help us grow skills, knowledge, and ability. This year, I'm having fun in fifth grade because I have more privileges and opportunities than I have ever had in other grades. Thank you. Hi, my name is Shannon Kyler, and I'm in fifth grade at Collicott Elementary School. In fifth grade, we are given more more opportunities, more responsibilities, and bigger decisions for ourselves to make. One of these opportunities is switching classes. This helps us prepare for middle school. Three days a week, all fifth graders go to a different fifth grade classroom to have science. This is a great opportunity for kids because teachers combine French, kids in French immersion and kids in English, which gives us a chance to meet kids we might not have said hi to before. Lots of kids, including me, like this because we do lots of hands-on activities in smaller groups that helps us understand different concepts that might, appear, that might appear tricky. This is one of the many great things about Kali Cot 5th grade. Thank you. I also want to recognize that these, these three students came together today um, in the afternoon, and we asked them if they would say a few words, and we asked them to say a few words about what m would make grade five special. And um, I learned today that these three students sat with each other yesterday in their first ACE class, so they, again, applied for an art enrichment class. They give up recess one day a week to do that, and they actually sat together yesterday. So it was ironic that they ended up uh, together here today. They, these are their words. They went back and wrote these words we wanted them to speak from the heart. This isn't something we wrote and they read. Um, and the collaborative approach they took was most impressive. Um, we gave them the theme, and they picked the subject and, and went about and did what they did in an amazing way. And you are now public speakers. And <laughs> when you are famous, you'll remember the Milton Council on aging event <laughs> where you had your first speech. So thank you. I really just want to recognize um, the gift that these kids give us every day. So thank you. Um, I think that we can move on. Um, we have provided for you today a lot of data. Tonight's meeting has a lot of data. Vivu, the expert, is here. Um, so we had decided to focus more on our goals and less on our data um, because we know that you have a full night ahead of you. We're happy to answer any questions on data, but there are a few things that we want to celebrate and I want to point out to you. Our participation rate is the highest it's been. We have, um, again, a very special neck 
program and it is working. How do I know? Because we have more participation in our fourth and fifth grade MCAS than we've ever had before from students who typically maybe would have taken an alternative assessment or no assessment at all. They are accessing the MCAS. Um, I'm not promising you they're exceeding expectations, but they are taking the test. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a win. So our, our participation is something that should be celebrated. Our grade four student growth percentiles, I have to recognize our grade four team. All of our teachers are amazing, but there's something special going on with our grade four teachers. When you pull their results of their student growth percentiles, their average, every single teacher, is typical or high. And for some of them, it's extremely high. So um, I have more questions about how that's happening. Um, I do have a very um, veteran and consistent staff who has high expectations for teaching and learning, um, but there's something really special happening there, so I'm curious. Again, all of the teachers have done a great job, but our current fifth graders, um, they, their growth percentiles are worth noting. Um, I also want to celebrate the opportunities. We've had to look at data already. We've, on day 37, had um, professional development time to look at data. We're really excited for October 28th. We're digging in even more. Um, it happens on a large scale uh, district level, which V will share with you tonight. It happens at a grade level. It happens at a school level. So um, that is leading us to know our students really well. And what I have recognized is that many of our students are ready for more, and we're gonna push this year. And you're gonna work really hard this year. Um, and sometimes you might not like that, and sometimes you'll be pushed out of your comfort zone, but we're gonna learn a lot this year. And we know that um, our students are ready for more. So as far as next steps, we will continue to analyze data in teams, we'll identify curriculum needs, we'll practice the standards we've identified um, as maybe lower than others. We're gonna continue to get to know our curriculum. We're so lucky to have the beautiful materials. Do you guys like your new books? Yeah, we got lots of new stuff. And um, we're gonna continue to work towards mastery. So that's where we are. The following slides, there are a lot of them. There's some data slides that we're happy to speak on, um, but I know you have had the chance to look at them. I know this presentation will be available to the public. So if it's okay with you, we'd like to conclude our presentation with just that you know our goals, you know our um, celebrations and our next steps. and. We're happy to open it up to questions at this time, um, but we do recognize there's a lot of material and a lot of data. Um, thank you for your time, and um, again, the gift of being together in person um, and at home, and, and thank you to all the people watching. So, um, sincerely, thank you. Uh -huh. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, questions? Uh, well, I wanted to especially thank the three of you for being brave enough to come up here and yeah. speak. Before the meeting started, Mrs. Conkinen and I were just talking about how even though we've been speaking in public for years and years, we still get really nervous. So I think thank you so much for being brave enough to come up here and do this. I was just going to ask all of you, what, what's your favorite subject in school this year? Um, my favorite subject is... My favorite subject is art and history because oh, nice. I like learning about the American Revolution mm -hmm. and art, I think it's a great way to be creative. Great answer. Um, my favorite subject is science because you have more time to um, 
learn about science than we did um, back when we were in fourth and third grade, and it's fun, and we get to um, be with people we don't usually be get to be with in class. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. Um, I have to say science too because it gives us a chance to be with different teachers and different kids and all the different opportunities we have. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Any other questions? Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you for putting, can you hear me? Yeah. For putting together a thoughtful presentation and for all of your hard work. It shows in your data and it shows by just what you're able to accomplish with a school that's that overcrowded. And to everyone's point today about the three young people we have in front of us, you're also making probably your first televised appearance. <laughs> um, <laughs> so hopefully someone is at home taping this for you. And um, slide 10, you mentioned increasing opportunities for reverse inclusion. Can you describe what that is? Sure. So it's always our goal um, for our students in our self-contained classes. And what that means is it's a separate placement because there's significant um, delivery of services happening. Uh, not only academic services, speech, occupational therapy, um, just differentiated experiences for our children. So the goal is always to have our students in our separate classrooms included when possible. So I just shared with you our participation rate. As the students get older, they're included more and more because they're ready for more. Um, last year, we actually had two fifth graders who graduated the program completely. Um, so that's so exciting. But some of our children are included for snack and recess, morning meeting. Some are included just for science. Some are included for most of the day. So that's always our goal. We also want to invite children in our regular education classrooms to experience the self-contained classrooms. What does it look like in those classrooms? Why do they have cubbies? What happens there? Can I play a game with them at this table? What can we do? What can we have in common? So we send out a permission slip for students to attend um, opportunities for reverse inclusion. And um, as a parent, I can tell you that my 14-year-old still speaks about his grade five job with Ms. Ataya's classroom. And he's, it led him to um, a research project at Pierce Middle School on autism. and. There's a genuine interest and love and curiosity um, for people with autism from his experience. I think the reverse inclusion piece gives an opportunity to see people as people um, with differences, but people. Thank you. Any other questions, comments? Two very quick comments, because it has, you know, I don't want to keep you, but. Um, of all the really impressive things that you've shared, in addition to the three of you who are a real highlight, um, but also the a couple things jumped out. I really like your framing of the goal, engagement of students, families, staff, and community with a focus on equity. I think that's a um, really great kind of spin on the equity and learning goal of the strategic plan to bring together um, engaging all of your different stakeholders in that work and I really appreciate the diversity of the ways you shared that you're working to do that um, and then I also just really appreciated culminating with 
year three amazing students. Just this theme of joy in this best year ever and how you are modeling that in the way the three of you presented your work with us and shared it with us. Um, and especially, Principal Concanon, your way of framing that as something that we can all come together around as a community because at the end of the day, like that is why I'm here. I think that's why we're all here on some level. Um, so thank you for naming that, but also just modeling it because it's very, like, um, I don't know. I'm sitting here and I feel it like in my body, this sense of like, wow, this is, and I was feeling that even before the three of you got to come up here based on how you all were sharing it. Um, so thank you so much. And it's really making me excited to try to come visit Collicott, which I haven't had the opportunity to do yet. Um, so now I'm going to look to make that happen. But. Yeah. I would love to invite all of you. It's been a tricky few years, but especially as we think about um, the space crunch, I've spent, I can't tell you how many times, walking the building with Glenn Pavlicek. He can tell you every nook and cranny and um, original design. But seeing the children in action and hearing them and, and walking through our school and a huge shout out to the teachers, the amount of print on our walls and art is different. And, um, a few years ago, one of our goals was to focus on writing. Check, like walk through our halls, you'll see it. Um, but you'll also, you don't really understand the impact of space until mm -hmm. you are in it. So I'd welcome you all. Thank you. So I, I also wanna thank you and I wanna echo what's been said. Thank you to the three of you for being so brave and sharing uh, your experience thus far. Um, in fifth grade. Um, but I also want to commend you on the taking the learning of a challenging time, right? Like two years of yeah. just challenging chaos. But at the same time, it's sort of like what happened there that we can learn from and integrate it into this pilot program that you're doing. Mm -hmm. I just think that is just the way we should all approach sort of challenging times, right? Is always ask ourselves sort of the question, but what did we learn and how do we take that yeah. and integrate it into the way we do things? There's no reason why things need to be continue to be doing, we need to continue to be doing the same thing just because that's the way we've done it. There's an opportunity for change and I think to know that you you transformed that, you, you flipped it, right? From a negative to a positive, I think that's amazing and it sounds like wonderful things are happening and we should all sort of take that opportunity um, to just do better and meet our, meet our students where they are and sort of um, respond, right, to what works for them. So thank you for doing that. Uh, I'm fascinated by it and I, and I do wanna come visit too. Excellent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Great point. I just wanted to echo what um, the other committee members have said. A phenomenal presentation. I thought you were very thorough. I had questions as I went, but then you answered it. <laughs> so I didn't really have to ask any, any questions. But, and I'm really excited, I'm very excited about all three of these kiddos here. Um, I know some of them very personally, so um, I'm very happy to see familiar faces. Um, and they were so eloquent and uh, very well said, guys. Phenomenal job. And I am really excited that with all of everything that you've put in this presentation that you ended with, they're ready for more. That is very positive. And I'm excited and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you all for coming. This is a wonderful presentation, and I think all our committee members have, have feel the same way, and, and a special thanks to our fifth graders who, who came and, and spoke so well about their experience, and um, I, I um, so happy to see the integration and alignment with this, uh, the district strategic plan, your goals, and showing how that's working in action is, is very rewarding, and, and it's, it makes it real, I think, for, for the whole community. So thank you for, for doing that. And, and um, I agree with Dr. Miranda about um, this, this sort of silver lining that came out of the pandemic, the learning about how different kinds of engagement with science can can be a wonderful thing, and that mm -hmm. that it, it changed the, into a new normal. Um, and and bravo to you all for for going with that and coming up with this new plan. And 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 you can hear from your students that science is their favorite subject. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's also you know there's this always been this sort of French and English divide, and having the opportunity to be in class together, and then going to lunch with the same classmates that, that you were together, you know, wouldn't have been together with otherwise is a wonderful thing and, and will help um, everyone as, as they move on into middle school. So thank you. Do you, I did just want to ask for a vote. Should they get homework passes for tonight? Absolutely. And extra dessert? <laughs> yes, okay. Yes. Thank you all and thank you especially um, to our teacher, Erin um, O'Brien, and to our three students who you'll be reading about or watching on TV and seeing. So mm -hmm. thank you, and thank you for all your support. <laughs> thank, you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. So next on our agenda, we have a presentation from our metrics advisory team. And we have uh, some representatives from the team here with us tonight. Uh, Vivu and uh, Claire Galloway-Jones. Are there other people joining remotely, please? Yes, there are other members of our team who is on the call, but I think they're on as just general attendee. If they okay. can be promoted Would you like to, to promote them? Gen yeah. Panelists, just so that they can have an opportunity to speak. Glenn, can you, can you do that? Promoting them, yeah, perfect, perfect, terrific. So while we're while we're waiting for that, I just want to. Um, sort of put this presentation in and give it a little bit of context that um, this um, is related, very much related to our strategic plan, which we approved last spring as sort of our phase one of our, our goals. Um, but we all agreed that we needed some metrics to align with those goals so that we can track our, our progress. Mm -hmm. and. Um, the, the strategic metrics advisory team was created last spring and has met a number of times mm -hmm. since then and has worked to put together 
um, their advice for, for the district around the metrics that should be considered and, and um, we'd love to hear from you. All right, great. So thank you. Um, good evening, everyone. So my name is Vivu. I'm the Director of Data and Analytics for Milton Public Schools. Um, and I am joined here by my colleague, uh, Claire Galloway-Jones, who is a member of the Strategic Metrics team. And we also have several members of the team on a virtual call, ready to answer any of your questions once I have a chance to go through the full presentation here. So I'm going to try to uh, kind of give everybody a, a quick overview of everything all at once. Um, I know that it sometimes takes a little bit to download all the data, so I'm hoping just to go through it, and then we can uh, go back and answer any questions. Does that make sense? Okay. So, um, so thank you, Ada, again for introducing the purpose of our team. You know, we were charged with coming together um, to select a series of key metrics so that the school committee and also the general public can follow along um, that are get an annual data reporting of our strategic plans. And so this is our quick theory of action that if we implement the strategic plans and all the components within it, um, then we can improve student and staff experiences, we can increase student performance, and ultimately prepare our students for success after high school. So these are, um, so these are the membership of the strategic uh, metrics team. So I'm not going to read through all the names, but there are many of us. Um, you know, the superintendent, uh, a, a lot of uh, curriculum directors, we wanted to have that input. Um, our director of equity inclusion, Claire here with us today, and a, a few principals, as well as uh, Spencer Blasdale, who is a member of our strategic um, plan advisory uh, group. Um, so the metrics team met twice in June to kind of discuss the context for how we want to lay out everything. And then um, we had summer, and then we were just waiting for MCAS data to really confirm um, where we can go next in terms of setting the goals. Okay. Like I said, we started with a strategic plan, and then we started looking into um, comparable district to really get an understanding of where our peers might be and where Milton stands in relation to our peers. Then we uh, work on categorizing some of the outcomes that we want to show into the buckets that I kind of mentioned in our theory of action. You know, we want to increase student and staff experiences, increase student performance, and make sure that uh, our students are prepared for college and career by the time they uh, finish with uh, Milton Public Schools. Uh, we also review and discuss historical and the most recent MCAS data to form our, our uh, recommendations of what the goal should be. And um, we acknowledge, you know, during the process that data has shifted and changed in many ways during the course of the pandemic. And some of the metrics that um, we have depended on before have, uh, have changed. Um, and we are still not sure you know, where they're gonna end up. Um, so all our metrics are really set for thinking five years out because right now um, things are a little um, unstable. They haven't really settled down yet following the pandemic and, and all of that. So we set everything for five years out with the hope of building uh, back to uh, where we were pre-pandemic. And just wanted to say that 
you know, 2022 is really the, the point, the first point of data, what does he consider our new post-pandemic baseline? So it's a little bit challenging to project what the growth might be based on one point of data, but, you know, we look back at historical data too and kind of try to calibrate where we think we should be, where we think we can take our students. So we'll look at the MCAS a little bit. I'll talk a, a little bit more about our comparable districts, and then I'll share with you my, uh, our group recommendations for the district metrics. Okay, so official MCAS results were released on September 29th, and I think a lot of our families at home have received the MCAS reports for families. Um, there, I just want to put the, a reminder here that you know, testing in 2022 is different from testing for the two previous years. So in, in 2019, we had the regular MCAS testing. In 2020, we had no MCAS testing at all because school was shut down due to the pandemic. In 2021, we did have testing, but it was almost half of the test, so it wasn't the full test. Um, and some students were in person, some students were remote. So the condition for testing um, were not standardized by any means. Mm -hmm. Then in 2022, we were finally all back in person um, full time. And so that was the first point of data that you know we try to take and try to compare it back to 2019 and see where we are, okay? So as I said before, 2022 was considered the new baseline by DESI, which is uh, the Department of Education, of Elementary and Secondary Education for Massachusetts. Um, and they are keeping an eye on the ELA trend. So I'll talk a little bit more about that in the next slide. Um, and just like, you know, Holly in the previous presentation said, we are in a period of rebuilding school culture and expectations. Um, there were many things that happened during the course of the pandemic that were out of our controls, out of our teachers' control, our families' controls. Um, and now really is the opportunity to innovate toward a new vision for what education means for everyone. Um, so we're really excited about the new strategic plan. We're excited about personalizing learning for every student, about providing safe and supported learning environments, and about you know, bringing equity into education and really working through what that means. Okay, so this is, I'm showing you right here, the MCAS data for grade three to 10 on ELA. And the big headline here is that Milton continues to exceed state performance on the MCAS at every school, every grade level, every subject. And you can see that here on this graph. Um, the red bar is the percentage of students meeting and exceeding expectation in the Milton Public School and the blue bar for comparison is uh, the state level, okay? So you can kind of see across the board, the red bars are higher than the blue bars. Okay. So this is for ELA, and then on the next slide, this is um, a picture of what math looks like for our district, grade three to 10. And similarly, you see the red bars, um, Milton's performance is absolutely higher than where the blue bars are. Mm. 
and this slide is showing the performance for science. So I'm so happy to hear in the previous presentation about um, the just joy surrounding science and science experiences, and it really show in our state data um, because uh, you'll see that science is the only subject where we're bucking state performance. We are increasing while, while on average, you know, everywhere else in the state, they're seeing a decrease in performance. So that's really exciting. Okay, so on this next slide, what I'm showing is the difference between um, the change between percentage meeting and exceeding expectation for the past three years. So 2019, to 2021 to 2022, okay, by each grade level. And you can kind of see um, the differences on the last few columns. And the last column, the column in blue, is the difference for state performance. And then you can kind of see how Milton's compare. So for ELA, the good news is that grade 10 ELA is actually exceeding state performance, um, where we are gaining, you know, four points. We have total of 80% of our grade 10 students are meeting or exceeding the MCAS in grade 10. Um, but everywhere else, we are seeing a decline in scores, and that is actually similar to what's happening statewide and even nationwide. Mm -hmm. So on this slide, I'm sharing <coughs> with you the math results. And um, you know, math results are making a recovery towards 2019 level, so that's, you see um, the column where I circle in green, and that's we're seeing um, positive uh, changes, so that's good. We're, we're gaining back some grounds in math at every level. Um, but overall, you know, if you look at the difference between 2019 and 2022, we are still lower than where we were in 2019, as is the state. And this slide is talking about science results. So science results have recovered and even exceeded 2019 levels, which is amazing because if you look at the statewide, a lot of districts are not seeing the results that we're seeing for science. Can I just ask a quick question about science? Sure. Prior to the pandemic, I recall that um, students statewide were struggling in the science MCAS mm -hmm. and that they revamped the science curriculum, I think, to try to make science a little bit more challenging. And um, so I just was wondering if you could comment on that. Do you think it's an impact on the changing of the curriculum too? Um, I don't think it's so much a change in the curriculum because if anything, that made the curriculum or made, that made the standards more rigorous. Right. So as we saw in math and in English, when they change the standards, um, the, the results dip you know, the first year or so until students and teachers get used to it mm -hmm. and then it starts to in increase again. Um, so on this next slide, 
I am taking account of the change in performance for all of our subgroups in the, in the district um, in each of the content area. Okay, so grade three to eight ELA, grade three to eight math, grade five and eight science, and then we have grade 10 ELA math, and in future year, I'll add a column for grade 10 science as well. Um, but just this first year, because there's no comparable data for the previous year, I can't um, have a change here, okay? Um, and, you know, the, the green numbers here just represent positive changes from the previous years. And the, the red are where we decline. Um, and then the highlighted uh, boxes are where our students are making double-digit gains. And you see that that's happening in various subgroups at various levels. That's definitely a good news story for us. Okay. So some of the key takeaway from this is that the state of education is in a period of rebuilding coming out of the, the pandemic. And I think that um, it may take longer to fully address the impact of unfinished learning that's happening everywhere, not just in Milton. Um, and DESE definitely considers 2022 to be the baseline year for us to, to rebuild our expectation from, okay? So Milton is also experiencing similar patterns of performance on state standardized uh, MCAS testing. So we saw that performance in ELA for grades three to eight has declined um, since 2019 and <coughs> We're not sure yet if we've seen the bottom for ELA. So in math, we saw signs of recovery. So we are hopeful that that, you know, the worst is over and that our, our students will, will continue to build on, um, on math. But for ELA, because we haven't seen um, the uptick yet, you know, we still don't know yet if that is gonna, if that's the bottom yet. Um, and that's something that the state is definitely watching as well. Okay, so in the midst of all this, there are of course bright spots that I wanna point out to us here. So Milton continues to outperform the state at all grade level in all subjects at all school. Our science results um, were phenomenal. Um, and most of our subgroups have achieved double digit gains since 2021. And specifically, you know, African-American, black students, Hispanic, Latino students, and students with disabilities actually saw gains in multiple subjects. So you saw that in the previous slides with all the highlights. Um, and then grade 10 performance is holding steady or improving while the state declines slightly. So, you know, regardless of what's happening um, during the, the three through eight years, by the time our students get to high school, they are gaining all the skills, the foundational skills that they need in order to pass, um, to meet expectation or exceed expectation on the grade 10 MCAS. So that is really good news. So after we took a look at the MCAS, um, we also pulled data from some comparable districts just to see like, are we an outlier in any way? You know, what's going on with our peer districts? So we pulled data from four districts where 
that DESE considers to be our peers based on their demographic profile. So that's Mansfield, Natick, Walpole, and Wellesley. And um, what they consider similar demographic profiles are based on percentages of high needs learners in the district. Um, so we have you know, similar numbers of English learners, low income students, and students with disabilities. And then we also pull data from four just geographic neighbors, Canton, Needham, Sharon, and Braintree. And what we found is that each district has a different composition um, of racial and ethnic diversity. They have different average class sizes, different per pupil expenditures, and different programming. Um, so those are all factors that contribute to student performance in the district. Um, and then specifically, you know, Milton has the highest percentage of African American black students at 13.2%. We have the second highest average class size at 17.3 students per class. And I'm not surprised after hearing Principal Concannon's presentation. <laughs> um, and Milton also has the lowest per pupil expenditure um, and I think it's even lower than the state average. Okay. Um, so Milton's student academic performance on the MCAS and other academic indicators, so we look at SAT, APs too, is within the range of performance among all these peers. So we're not the lowest and we're not the highest. Okay. But one area where we're clearly leading our peer district is in teacher diversity. So Milton has about 9% teachers of color in the district, where everyone else is you know, far behind, and the second highest is 7.5% in Needham. Um, and this 9.1%, I think it's about 30 teachers of color in the district. Okay. So I wanna talk a little bit about um, our recommendations for the metrics. So our goal was to pull together a set of metrics that can be used to measure the success of our students and of our district efforts as outlined in the strategic plan. And we acknowledge that there, there are some new districts, some new metrics, and some metrics where data might be evolving in the coming years, so new metrics like school climate metrics. That's new, that's brand new. That uh, Actually, a team of us went to a state training yesterday to learn more about the the vocal state, the school climate survey. So that's gonna be a new measure that we'll be tracking. Um, but you know, we're not too familiar with it yet and we're not sure um, how it might evolve over the years. Uh, okay, so I talked about how we have 2022 as a new baseline. Um, so where appropriate, we also have uh, put in a state or local benchmark just to give a reference for our performance, a reference point for our performance. And then, um, you know, as with the strategic plan, these metrics are evergreen and will be revisited annually. Okay. So, um, in this slide up here, uh, I just gave a summary of what all the individual metrics are and um, what performing bucket they fall into. So we have an idea of what they all are before I flip through them each individually. Okay. 
So you see for the uh, student preparedness for college and career bucket, we're really talking about um, college persistent, college graduation rate, uh, college readiness, and, and APs. Um, student performance, uh, we're taking uh, the MCAS to, to look into that, and then a bunch of other factors here that make up student and teacher experiences. So disproportionality in special education, French immersion, which was something that was pointed out in um, our, uh, our equity audit report, um, school climate data, and teacher retention rate, and hiring. So um, for the student preparedness for college and career slide, um, you can kind of see here, you know, we have these three metrics. College persistent percentage of our high school graduates who are enrolled in college within 16 months after graduating from high school. So if you look at um, the class here, this is the class of 2020. So we're in 2022 now, so that's why we have data for this uh, latest class that graduated from Milton High. Um, so we're at 89.8, so almost 90% of our high school grads, of our high school graduates from the class of 2020 um, were still enrolled in college two years after graduating from high school. So that's a really high persistence rate for us. And then as you go down, you see the college graduation rate within six years. Um, so for this, we have to go back to the class of 2015. So because um, six years from that was 2021 and that was the data that we were able to get. Um, and from here, you know, almost 80%, 79% of our students, of our high school students from the class of 2015 actually graduated from college with a degree, okay? And the state Comparison is 70%, so we're 10% higher than the state. Um, and then this college and career readiness experience is a new metrics that uh, we wanna bring to your attention. And this is something that the high school actually proposed. Um, they want to uh, have a, a measure that says, you know, a certain percentage of all our graduating seniors will have exposure to college or career experience, and that's um, counted through an AP course, a dual enrollment course with Quincy College, or a spring semester internship. Um, so right now, 75% of the class of 2020, uh, 2022 had that experience, and the goal in five years is to increase it so that 85% of our student body will have that experience by the time they graduate. So um, this slide is talking about uh, our advanced placement, um, our goals for advanced placement classes. Um, so percentage of AP exams taken annually. Um, right now, or the, the latest data that we have from the state is for the class of 2000, and it's for the year 2021, 60% of the AP exams that were taken at Milton High 
achieve a qualifying score of three, four, or five, and we want to bump that up to 85% in five years. Okay. Um, and then in terms of access for advanced placement, we want to eliminate the participation gap for all of our priority subgroups um, in the AP program. So African-American black students, Hispanic Latino students, students with disabilities, EL students, low-income students, in grades 11 and 12, we want to make sure that um, their enrollment in the AP program is mirroring their enrollment um, or their student population in uh, Milton High. So that's why I'm putting these percentages up here so you can see uh, where the gaps are. And our goal in five years is to have no gaps in access. Okay. Um, and then in terms of um, equity and performance, um, same deal. You know, we have these uh, priority subgroups, and we want them to experience the same rate of performance, um, which is the achievement of qualifying scores, um, that's equal to the all students. Uh, achievement rate okay. um, and I kind of put the state um, benchmarks here for everybody to see as well and this is just to say you know our students are performing at a higher a higher level than what um, the state is seeing okay. um, so this is our student performance on the MCAS and Basically, we're proposing in five years that we will get all our students, um, or 75% of our students, up to meeting or exceeding on um, the, the ELA MCAS, the math MCAS, the science MCAS for three to eight. Um, and then for grade 10 in particular, we want to get their achievement level up to 85%. And we realize that this is, um, this seems like the, the gap for um, the, the non-high school classes, so grades three to eight. Um, this, in 2022, grade three to eight ELA MCAS is at 57%, so only 57% of our students in grade three to eight um, met or exceeded the MCAS expectation. Um, this is this is low for us, you know. We we are used to being in the seventy percent at least, and so that's why we think in five years, if we work really hard, we put everything in place, we implement you know all the programs um, that we outline in, in the strategic plan, we believe that we can get our students back to where they should be at least a, a bigger percentage of our students. Um, and that is something that we hope will happen. But as I shared with you earlier, you know, the MCAS scores uh, for ELA specifically, the state is watching that. We're looking into that too, because we're not sure if we've seen the bottom for ELA yet, and we're hoping to see recovery. But because our students were able to achieve this in the past, and our teachers were able to help our student achieve this, we believe that we can get back to 75%. Okay. okay, so for each of the MCAS goals, 
we also wanted to make sure that we're paying attention to our students and subgroups. Um, and so the idea here is, uh, you know, tracking the change in performance each year for, for all of the subgroups and compare that to the all students group. So whatever the rate of performance for the all student group is, we want our subgroup students to be doing better than that because that would mean that the, the achievement gap is slowly closing. We want our, our subgroup students to perform um, at a higher rate so that they can um, eventually close that achievement gap. Okay. Um, and you can kind of see like some of the, the coloring here. So if we look at the 2022 data um, for grade three to eight ELA MCAS for um, all students, they were, the percentage change was minus 8%, and the Hispanic Latino student group were at minus 4%. So that's actually in the green because their performance rate was higher. Even though it declined, it was higher than the all student. They didn't decline as much as the all student group. Okay, so that's how I'm highlighting this so that, and the goal in five years is that all our subgroups will have a higher rate of change than the all students subgroup. So this kind of change idea carries through all um, our subsequent MCAS goals for math, for science, um, same for grade 10, LA math and science too. Yeah. Okay. So then I'm gonna go on to talk a little bit about um, the student experience. So this goal is looking at special education. So as you are aware, mm -hmm. last year the, we had um, a couple of meetings about disproportionality in special education, specifically in um, in the identification of African American black students with a communication disability. And we want to be uh, less than, the risk ratio to be less than three. So that's defined by the state, and that's the data that um, we get from the state. And I know that our um, special education uh, um, director Sue Marcelli is working really hard with her team to make sure that that rate keeps reducing and we believe that in five years we should be well below um, that target level of three. Um, and similarly for, uh, for discipline removal, I know that um, Claire and her colleague Adina is has been looking at um, discipline data and making sure that we're talking to teachers about them, we're talking to administrators about them, providing strategies to build community so that we don't have um, as many discipline removals for our students of color. Um, so for student experience, um, French immersion, um, 
we just want to make sure that the program demographic in French immersion is mirroring our general population. Um, and that's just making sure that, you know, everyone has equal access to the program. Um, and this is because the French immersion is only open in grade one. We look at the, the previous year grade K student demographic to make sure that, you know, they are mirroring each other. And right now we see that uh, they're not. And that's something that we need to work on to, to achieve some parity in that. Okay, so school climate data. So as I said, a team of us went to the state training yesterday. Um, it's called the vocal survey. So Desi actually pushes this out with the MCAS. Um, it is voluntary and um, students don't have to take them, but uh, when students do take them, then we get a lot of information about standardized um, school climate measures that have been researched and are supported by the states. And we also, you know, we get an index score that we can then compare to other schools, other districts too, to see, and to the state, to see whether we're off on any measure. Um, so this is something that we look forward to start using, start analyzing and, and working through it um, because it encompasses a lot of the questions um, that are good questions that contribute to a positive school climate. And so, um, so for the vocal data, we are looking at the favorability trend. So that's just saying, you know, of all the questions that um, the survey asked about all these different topics up here, how, how many, what percentage of the student feel generally positive on these questions? And that's an indicator of, you know, positive school climate. So for our 2022 baseline for grade five, and they only push it out to four grades level, grade four, grade five, grade eight, and grade 10. So we wanna look at grade five, grade eight, and grade 10. Um, so for us, district-wide grade five, about 74% of our students see school, see school climate favorably in the district, okay? For grade eight, it was only 25%. And then in grade 10, uh, it ticked back up to 44%. Um, and, you know, statewide, you see the statewide number here. Um, the people who, who did the survey, who authored this survey, did say that this is um, expected for middle school students to feel less favorable about school um, than their elementary counterpart. And then you see it improve a little bit in high school. Um, but this is kind of where we are, and we're not sure what to set the, the target for year five is yet, so we, we need a little bit more years with this data to really make an uh, informed um, decision, determination about what the goal should be. But I wanted to share that with you here. Okay. Um, and then in terms of staff experience, we want to talk mm -hmm. about teacher diversity. You know, um, 
and our goal is to maintain a percentage that's at least equal to the states, if not higher. So as I said before, um, we are 9.1%. Uh, we have 9.1% teachers of color in the district. And at the state level, I think it's 9.6%. So we're about where the state is. Um, and then we also want to look at paraprofessional diversity because uh, we see paraprofessional as a potential pipeline mm -hmm. for developing educators. So we wanna make sure that you know we're, we're hiring paraprofessionals of color as well. Um, so right now, 16.5% of our paraprofessional staff are staff of color, and at the state level is 18.7, so we're a bit lower than the state. So we need to get that um, at least equal to the state, if not higher. And this is talking about hiring. So new teachers hire. So our, our goal is to have 20% of our new teacher hire each year be teachers of color. Um, and in this year, we didn't do as well. We only had one hire, um, which is 5.5%, about 5%. So only one hired who was a teacher of color. Mm -hmm. Um, and we want to make sure that we're hitting that 20% um, because if we don't hit that percentage with the new hire, then we can't increase the actual you know, percentage of uh, teachers of color in the district. So we, that's, that's uh, the place where we have leverage and we have to pay attention to that. Um, same thing for new professional paraprofessional hires, we have the same goal, about 20%. So this past year, um, we hit 25%, and that's three, three people, you know, out the whole hiring pool. Okay. Um, and then lastly, we wanna look at teacher retention rate too, because once you hire teachers, you wanna make sure you create uh, a sustainable, supportive environment so that teachers of color actually want to stay in the district. Um, and so we're looking at the retention rates for teachers of color, and we want that to be the same retention rate as white teachers in the district. And right now, there's a gap. So we want that to be closer. Okay, so that concludes um, my presentation of the summative <laughs> metrics of the school committee. I'm sorry it took so long to go through, but you know we have many goals in the district, many things that we find important, um, and to be able to put it all into one place like this, I see, I think it's important too, because it gets really challenging um, to pull data from here, data from there, have data in this conversation or that other conversation that's not all tied together. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this work is really important to give all of us a big picture of where we're all heading. Mm -hmm. And in the future, what I can see next year is, you know, um, maybe in that summary slide that I have with all the different districts, we can color code it. Like if one for one metric we're meeting the goal or like making progress toward meeting the goal, it'll be green or if we're partially meeting, we'll be yellow. If we're not meeting at all, we'll be red. Then we can see chunks of you know, where we really need to focus our effort, our resources. Um, and so that's the, the whole vision for why we're putting this together and why we're putting 
all of these different measures in front of you. You know, we know it, it takes a long time to wrap your head around everything. And for some of you, this might be the first time that you've seen it. Um, but I'm hoping that as we keep talking about it from year after year after year, we'll all get used to it and we'll know exactly what we're talking about and what we need to zero in on. Okay, so at this point, I'll just open it up to questions. I know that I have my colleague Claire here to help me, um, <laughs> but there are also speakers online that we can all direct our, um, our questioning to. So first, I want to thank you because what you pulled off in your time with us was cover MCAS data for the entire district as well as the metrics. Mm -hmm. That's a feat that not many people would be willing to do in one sitting, so thank you very much. Um, I just have a couple of questions. One related to the MCAS results. I know you just got them. Is there any plan to do some sort of, at the central level, like an item analysis to determine alignment between our curriculum and what the state was looking for or our formative assessments in what the state was looking for to see, you know, is it something that we may not have taught or if we taught, you know, is there, should we revisit that subject because a large number of students didn't get it? Is that something that has been done or we plan to do? Yes, so um, perfect timing for that question because tomorrow we are having a full leadership team meeting with DataWise, who is our consultant this year, to try to build up data capacity and data practices in the district. Um, and we'll have a chance to look at MCAS data, um, specifically ELA and writing data, um, to see where there might be some gaps, as you said, Beverly, in, in what we're teaching or in what we're seeing with the student and what the state is expecting. And then on Friday, at the late start, um, we'll also have our elementary teachers engage in a day of data analysis. Um, so they'll have ready for them MCAS data as well as Lexia and iReady data um, to, to work together with on a team and kind of just go through, you know, have that time to go through as a grade level team to figure out exactly um, what is going on with their particular grade level and what they need to be doing next. Will DataWise meet with the individual schools or is it just at Central? So data-wise right now, I think that's a great question for our assistant superintendent here. <laughs> she punted that really quick. <laughs> so data-wise has been working with the leadership team. Tomorrow they'll meet with um, the full leadership team while the coordinators, department heads, assistant principals. Then on the full in service day on November 1st, they're presenting to the high school and the middle school. And then the elementary teachers will have a session later in the spring. Thank you. And then th that was just a follow-up. This is my last one. <laughs> um, in terms of the five-year goals broken down into one year, have you started planning, like, what is the, what are the strategies you plan to implement to a, in attempt to reach the goals each year? And, you know, year one is, is perfectly fine. I'm not asking, you know, what do you do in year four? But um, have we started that? Um, we have not started that okay. process yet. But you have metrics. I think, that's, yeah. the, that's the place to start. Perfect. I think that's what we were hoping for, and then we'll work on that. Of Thanks. Mm -hmm. I would say one, if I could build off that, one common goal across the district that we're working with data-wise, and that's common across the Commonwealth, is writing. 
right in the that, area yeah. of uh, challenge for all kids uh, coming out of the pandemic. So we're taking a detailed look at the writing samples, the exemplars that are there, and that's going to be a district focus going forward. So we're chipping away at it, but mm. it's only October. So I know, no, I literally, I saw that when I looked at my kids' data. I was like, okay, at least they're telling us there's a message here. But um, yeah. we're on the same page. Thank you. Yeah. I just had a couple of questions. Um, thank you again for this amazing presentation. I was like, I can't, I'm not a data person, so I appreciate all of this information. Um, and you've laid it out very thoughtfully. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Um, I just had a question um, in terms of the subgroup performance change between 2021 and 2022, um, I, although the gains are incredible, especially the double-digit ones, I did notice that certain uh, subgroups that generally perform well did have a minor loss, and um, I was wondering if you had any thoughts into that, especially in 10th grade, or 10th grade, I mean, sorry, where we're generally um, performing really well. Yeah, I think with grade, so you're asking specifically about 10th grade. Yes, because, for, because we, for yes, eight, because I know one of the, the slides tenth. said that they were doing really well overall. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to ask specifically when it came to subgroups that weren't performing at, oh, well, or sorry, not, not performing, but just were seeing a slight decline, if you, you had any insight into that in particular? No, um, I wish. Are any of our curriculum people on the call? The high school principal, is she on the call? I wonder if Karen Cahill might be able she to She is. They Hi, good evening. Hi, Hi Karen. Karen. Can you hear me okay? Yes. 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 <laughs> so um, you were saying how to address the subgroup um, data, is that what you were saying? I'm sorry. Um, so yes, with the 10th grade, um, the, uh, the slides show that the 10th grade students were doing really well in their ELA MCAS, or either maintaining or uh, seeing gains. Uh, but I noticed that certain um, groups, um, subgroups had uh, showed a slight decline. And I okay. wanted to know if um, you had noticed any, like, you know, like any thoughts, like anything had changed where what that could have affected that loss? Um, I haven't noticed anything yet, but we're having those conversations as far as um, one of the things that V spoke about over the next two days, the work that we're going to be doing over the next two days, we've already started that work at the high school. Our first late start, we, as a, as a building, we looked at the data. We looked at the MCAS data to see where our concerns were. And we're creating, um, I guess you can call it student support teams at the high school to identify the students that we need to focus extra time on, whether they're on an IEP or one of the subgroups, and how we can work with the teachers to support those students. I don't okay. know if that answers your question, but that's where we're at right now. Yeah, um, I think so. And then, um, would it be able to, and sorry, thank you so much for that response. Um, that was great. Um, I just wanted to add, go back to the, um, in terms of, um, would it be able to see percentages next to those students in the subgroups? Percentages of achievement? No, percentages next to each of the different subgroups so we know how many kids we're talking about. Oh, you mean number of yeah. students? Number of students. Oh. Because yeah. um, that'd be great. Just yeah. just so I could get a better picture okay. of it. Thank you. Okay. 
Dr. Miranda? Uh, yes, so I would like to definitely echo what's been said already. Thank you for a wonderful, comprehensive presentation, not easy to do, um, so I appreciate it. But wondering if we go back to the slide on student preparedness for college and career and looking at the metrics, college persistence, college graduation, and college career readiness and experience, uh, will we be able to look at subgroup data for those three metrics? That is something um, I believe we can. I didn't pull it for this one, mm -hmm. um, but I think that we can. Okay. Yeah. I think that would be helpful, just given that we're looking at all the other data mm -hmm. in that in that way. Thank you. Um, just a thank you. Also, <laughs> really um, informative, and I just have a couple of questions. Um, the um, you talking about the vocal um, this is the first I'm hearing about that mm -hmm. so that seems like a great development mm -hmm. um, do you have a sense yet and you may not because I understand it's really new but does how does that relate to IntelliSpark which I know we've been piloting and would you see the need to continue with a third party sort of IntelliSpark type survey or does is vocal intending to take the place of something like that yeah that's a really good question I, I think that is the question that the SEL advisory group is going to work through okay. this year um, you know with this new data that were provided by the state like does it make sense also to do uh, the other survey the only thing that I would say for the other survey is um, it's a quick check you know it's five minutes in the classroom um, so, mm -hmm. and it gives us slightly different data. It's yeah. more about, you know, SEL competency, um, whether they have good decision-making skills, whether they are uh, making relationships with peers and with teachers and that kind of thing. Um, whereas these uh, school climate measure questions are more like, do you feel safe in your school? Have you experienced bullying in any capacity? So it's slightly different, they're related. Um, so I think the SEL advisory group will be working through that this year to determine what is the best route for our district. Um, but I will say that with the, the vocal school climate survey, because it is standardized data that's pushed out across the state, mm -hmm. if we use that data, then we can compare it to mm -hmm. other, you know, other districts. Mm -hmm. We'll be able to get subgroups data, all that. We can't really do that with IntelliSpark. Um, mm -hmm. so that is something to consider. And B, if I can just add, chime in, sorry. Um, we also, with our shift to, to Power School, um, they also have an embedded SEL uh, screener that is similar to IntelliSpark. So to answer your question, um, we likely won't need to continue with a third party um, IntelliSpark next year because between the vocal data, which as V said is, is wonderful because we can compare it with every other district in the state, um, with the vocal data as well as the tools that are embedded in PowerSchool, um, we feel like we're gonna have a really good picture of how our students are doing from a social emotional perspective. Would you please remind us of what grade levels the vocal covers? It, right now it's four, five, eight, and 10. Thank you. And the um, team just went this week, so it's not included in the packet, but we'll make sure you get an updated packet with all the slides on it. Great, thanks. Um, and 
so my my only other question was really thinking about the um, the grade three through eight ELA mm -hmm. scores and wondering. Um, I know you're going to be using DataWise. You'll take time to kind of unpack that and work with the teachers. I'm hoping it might be possible. I mean, looking at this data, it seems uh, to me to kind of warrant its own um, kind of follow up um, to be able to understand a little bit more. I would like to understand a little bit more, like kind of what is our response to that data just to help the community also understand, like seeing these results, what are, you know, what is in place. I know that we do have interventions that were put in place um, for this year, which wouldn't be reflected in this data, right? But we, we would hope to see gains. Um, but as you were also saying, it's impossible to predict the, like, kind of the, the tail or how far out the um, negative impacts of COVID are gonna carry forward in ELA. So I don't know the appropriate timing for that, but maybe if there's just a way we could have um, uh, Ms. Vanacor perhaps like mm -hmm. come at some point to share um, some updates or elementary principals maybe um, would be would be really great. Um, I just want to really thank you the whole team actually for having done this metrics work because I remember last spring you know when we were talking about the new strategic plan and the I think we all understood the need to like set goals that were related to metrics, but it wasn't an easy thing to contemplate doing. Um, and I, you know, you stood up this team and were working over, I, I kind of knew that you were working over the summer. I remember this was a conversation in approving the strategic plan in the spring to think of it as a phase one. And for myself personally, I didn't consider that complete until tonight when I could see this. Um, and I just feel and seeing the um, seeing the goals, the targets that you're laying out, um, to me they do seem, you know, appropriately ambitious, and um, like we heard in the site council and we've heard in our past several meetings, there's just a lot of new initiatives mm -hmm. that have come into the district, really right now, mm -hmm. um, in the span of one year and you have to give those time to take root and bear fruit, as they say. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm eager to, um, I may definitely not still be serving on school committee um, <laughs> five years from now, but um, I'm, I'm excited to watch this. So I, I appreciate the work that went into setting these targets. Mm -hmm. And the other, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to thank you for this, the, for the metrics team for this unbelievable presentation and this data. Um, I've been listening to you be for like six, six years, and remember the first couple of years I thought my head was going to explode with all this information, but I'm actually not exploding tonight. I'm actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually getting a lot of it, and it's it's a really couple of things. That, yeah, you know, it's really it makes it you, you bring it down so we everyone can understand it, which is really helpful. Mm -hmm. A couple of things that stood out to me was the comments around our per pupil spending mm -hmm. and our classroom size and that was compared to the like districts that was just comparing ourselves to Walpole, Mansfield, Wellesley and Natick that wasn't comparing ourselves to 
other towns. And Canton, Sharon, Needham, and All of them, okay. Because again, personally, that was very discouraging to me. I know we haven't been doing, we haven't been keeping up, I think, with our per pupil spending compared to maybe other districts that we like to compare ourselves to. Mm -hmm. And then the classroom size, I know, has been going up a lot Mm -hmm. in the middle and high school because we've expanded a lot in the elementary levels, adding additional classrooms to keep the classroom size down, even though it's still higher than we would like. But um, one of the things I was thinking about in connection to trying to attract uh, teachers, particularly teachers of color, and to keep that get higher for the numbers of students we have, um, I would think that um, being able to attract um, with our salaries is a, is a factor in that. Because I know anecdotally over the years that I've been involved in Milton schools, we've had some great teachers of color who were offered you know, after working here for a couple of years, we're getting recruited heavily from other districts with some significant pay increases. And you know, when you're raising a family and you've got a mortgage and someone offers you 20,000 or 25,000 more to come, it's hard to say no to that even if you love teaching in the district. So I just was wondering if anyone wanted to comment on whether the retention, part of the retention piece might be comparative salaries to other districts or other factors as well. Um, well, I, I can't say for sure that it's, it's definitely tied to salary, but in terms of average teacher salary, I think we're on the lower end of all these districts as well. Okay. And, and I would just say that, that <laughs> yes, um, I, I think that's a, a, a small part of it, because I, I think we will, will say that if we were to look at our teachers who came in this year, we have teachers from all over. We had teachers come from Boston. We had teachers come from other affluent districts, so it's not just about salary. Okay. I think some of it's about belonging and feeling, feeling you know, is this a place where I feel as though I can have a, have a, a strong career? Mm-hmm. And I think we're going through a transition piece where lots of people are just are not coming into the field. So I think some of the work that Garth and I have been doing around um, teacher diversification, um, researching some of the programs that are available, trying to start our own pipeline with our own students is really going to be mm-hmm. where we're going to see um, a, a shift and a change because I think what, what we're seeing here in Milton around student, um, teachers of color is what they're seeing across the state. Right. It's not just here in Milton, mm-hmm. but I think we have to be really creative about and intentional about trying to um, create our own pipeline and be intentional also about our recruitment and retention and what can we do to, um, to, to rely on the resources that we already have within the district to help us do that. Thank you. Thanks. I just had one more question. Is it possible to see, I know we have like five years in the future, like what we're planning to do, but is it possible to see like even before COVID, like maybe going back to 2017 and just kind of see like a, an overview of the data, especially since we're trying to understand, you know, with ELA when it comes to the third to eighth graders, like, you know, that, that significant loss that's happening. It would be nice to see like, hey, what was done, what was working, like, just to see a more complete picture, because I know 2019 was kind of a, an inter- you know, um, that was like the full year, and then, then we had like two interrupted years, so it would be nicer to see like, let's go back a little bit more and then go forward, you know? So that would be helpful yeah. as well. Thank you. You can try to do that. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry not to add more words <laughs> to you. I feel bad. I no, just want to 
sum it up and say thank you also for for this wonderful presentation and um, uh, I think that um, I'm just trying to picture how we can integrate this with our strategic plan in a way that people make the connections mm -hmm. between the goals we've set in the strategic plan and the goals we've set for our metrics and and that's a hard thing. I mean, they're 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 kind yeah. of on parallel tracks, but they're, they're some of the things. Um, they're direct connections, um, but but some of them not so much. And so that's that's just a question and sort of a challenge that I have for for the team to think about. Um, and the other thing that that um, comes to mind for me, V, is the data dashboard that we've been talking about for years. And it seems to me like we've got the the beginnings of what could be a data dashboard that our whole community can track and and really become more knowledgeable about and and um, and and I think the you know what you were talking about about the colors representing the the kinds of change um, plus or minus and 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 uh, and the like I think would be helpful to for people to get sort of a quick look at um, at the changes that are happening over time, so um, you know I don't don't want to throw more work still at you, but it, but it, it's been something we've talked talked about for a long time, and and I think this is this is the the core of of a great uh, data dashboard. If we could um, pull that off, it would be great. So. Um, Thank you. Can Thank I you just busy. say, you just made me think of one thing, Ada, with your um, comment about the kind of integration with the strategic plan goals. And I think that um, this also makes me think about our community forums as opportunities to unpack the most relevant pieces of this in the context of the goals. Mm -hmm. um, but. While you were talking, I was thinking actually, with a few exceptions, you know, such as obviously the vocal data speaks directly to safe and supportive schools, but really all of this achievement data, it, it lives at the nexus of all three yes. of our goals. Mm -hmm. Because it's when all three of those pieces are in place mm -hmm. that we can expect to meet these goals. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just important even with the community as we take one goal at a time. Mm -hmm. But with like with our teachers too, I'm sure, it's just mm -hmm. to keep our <laughs> focus on that's why we need to accomplish all three of these. Mm -hmm. Because that it's really only then yeah. that our students are going to not just make up the loss of the past couple of years, but you know, progress beyond that um, to the, the goals that you've set, the targets, so. Yeah, thank you for saying that because I think that's exactly what the, the the metrics team, when we were discussing this, we were going larger than just, you know, the strategic plan and, and goals from the strategic plan, but we were thinking, you know, what is the point of all of this? Mm -hmm. Like, what do we want our students to gain? What are we really driving forward? And the, the pieces of the strategic plan should, if, if they're in place and if they're implemented with fidelity, 
like our students will be able to gain from that. Mm -hmm. If they have personalized learning experiences, they feel safe at school, they mm -hmm. have relationship with teachers who, who care about them, who push them to achieve, then all these other metrics <laughs> that we, we presented here like should be taking care of themselves, should be mm -hmm. increasing as we go along. Right. Um, and that is really our, our hope, you know, our theory of action. Mm -hmm. um, and we are gonna work hard in, in each of the, the, the pillars of the strategic plan so that we can see all these achievements for all students. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Come in. Very good. Uh, the next thing on our agenda is citizen speak. Uh, this is an opportunity for uh, members of the community to come and uh, tell us uh, what's on your mind. Uh, we have 15 minutes set aside. Um, for anyone who is interested in uh, speaking, and we have uh, both people on uh, remotely as well as people here in the room. And so if you are interested in speaking at sitting, Citizen Speak, uh, if you could please raise your hand and either uh, remotely we will uh, promote you uh, to speak or uh, in the room we'll have you come up to a microphone. Uh, so, why don't I start with the folks in the room? Is there anyone here who would like to speak? Think citizen speak? Okay. No. Um, and how about on Zoom? Uh, can we see? Let me see. There are currently no hands raised. On no Zoom. hands raised on Zoom. So okay. So we'll we'll consider that um, done then. Uh, and so then we will move on to the chair's report. Um, so the, this item, next item on our agenda is uh, in regards to the superintendent of schools. And I'd just like to uh, say a few words about this, uh, if I may. Um, over the past three months, the district has been led skillfully by Acting Superintendent Janet Sheehan. During that time, while a number of legal matters were being sorted out, we were not able to provide the community with any update on the long-term leadership of the district. And we recognize that period of uncertainty has not been ideal for the school committee, for Superintendent James Jett, and most of all for our families and staff. And I want to say emphatically that we are very grateful for the community's patience during this time. And to everyone who works in our schools and central office for staying the course and ensuring a successful start of the school year. Tonight, we're in a position to provide a clearer sense of direction moving forward. The school committee has been engaged in ongoing conversations with Mr. Jett, and after much discussion, he and the committee have mutually agreed that he will resign as superintendent, effective November 4th, 2022. The school committee and Mr. Jett are in agreement 
that his resignation is in the best interest of everyone involved and affords Mr. Jett the opportunity to pursue a new chapter in his distinguished career. Therefore, the committee is being asked tonight to consider a motion to accept Mr. Jett's resignation and approve the terms of the agreement that we've negotiated. Before we entertain that motion, I want to take this opportunity to say a few words about James Jett on behalf of the committee. We would be remiss if we did not take a moment to acknowledge his exemplary career in the Milton Public Schools and his many contributions to this town. Over the past 26 years, Mr. Jett has provided outstanding service as a guidance counselor, administrator, and superintendent. He leaves a lasting legacy at Milton High School, where he served as principal for eight years. Under his leadership, the high school made tremendous gains in student achievement and most notably deepened its focus on equity particularly by expanding opportunities for all students to excel. In August 2020, at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, Mr. Jett agreed to serve as acting superintendent and was appointed superintendent several months later. We are deeply in his debt for providing steady, courageous leadership during two years of disruption and uncertainty caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. I know I speak for many in our community in expressing the committee's great appreciation of Mr. Jett. And if you vote tonight to accept his resignation in wishing him the very best in all of his endeavors. I'll now entertain a motion from the committee. I'll make a motion. Um... Motion to accept the resignation of Superintendent James Jett, effective November 4th, 2022, um, to approve and authorize the chair to sign his separation agreement. Is there a second? Second. Thank you. Uh, since we're in person, you can just, um, if all those in favor, you can raise your hand to say aye. Aye. Okay. All those opposed? motion carries the motion passes unanimously thank you I'd like to add that we have a letter drafted to email to all families and Milton Public Schools staff by tomorrow morning explaining this development as well as our next steps first we're very fortunate that Janet Sheehan has agreed to remain in the role of acting superintendent through January 2023 the school committee is grateful to Ms. Sheehan for her willingness to continue leading the district in the months ahead. And second, the school committee will begin immediately to design a search process to recruit and hire the next superintendent. We look forward to engaging the community, including opportunities for families and staff to share their perspectives on the district's leadership needs. Details will follow and that process in the weeks ahead. Thank you for that. Um, we'll move on to the next agenda item, which is the Finance Subcommittee. I'll turn it over to Member White. Okay. 
Um, before you in your packet, you have a Milton Public School budget calendar for the fiscal year 24 budget development. And that's the, it includes the dates that we'll be meeting with um, school administrators, principals, and directors to discuss their budget needs and budget priorities for the next year. And then in early December, we will be voting on these, this budget, and then we will be meeting with the Warrant Committee sometime in uh, December. So I'd like to have a motion to approve this um, budget calendar. Um, so, so moved. Okay. Second? Second. Okay, it's this red person. If you will approve this budget calendar, you can raise your hands. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> the second item for uh, finance tonight is to look at and vote on um, the technology um, budget for um, capital request for this coming year. Um, um, Mr. Patterson came in and met with the um, finance committee yesterday and discussed um, his priorities. I think the one that I want to I want to point out two of them. Um, one of them is for a 20% replacement of the Chromebooks for the students in the amount of about $470,000. And then the other item that he highlighted for us was um, technology that would um, allow uh, a, a system to be in place so that if a door of the many schools that we have and the many doors that each school has, if a door was left ajar or was not locked, there would be a um, signal into the central office and to, to the principal's office to let them know that there was a door that needed to be addressed. And this is really important for the safety of all of our students and our staff. So we thought that that was an important um, priority. So I'm asking for a vote tonight in the amount of, uh, the, for his capital request in the amount of $661,372 to move forward. I have a second? Second. Okay. And all in favor of that, raise your hands. Thank you. Okay. And then the next item that we're going to be voting on is um, from the uh, from Bill Ritchie, who has talked to us about his capital budget request. And primarily, um, he, he made the similar request last year. They were not all funded. Um, and so he's asking for a lot of the same um, funding for this year. And you can see how he, can, he breaks it down. Um, we have a sheet where he discusses in um, the different improvements that he wants to make. And he also gives us a five-year plan for future um, needs. And um, we go before the Capital Committee in early November to discuss those needs and to um, make those requests. I'm looking for the number. Glenn, do you have that number? I can't really find it right now. Oh, here it is. I have it. That's already 770. So is what we were to be approving here tonight to that this would go we're just forward voting. to the yeah, capital that we're supporting this request by mr ritchie uh -huh. 
to put this forward to the capital. Okay. Do did it come out in the discussion yesterday or when he presented which of the items he's requesting this year were deferred from last year or were they all last year he asked about he asked for about seven hundred thousand dollars last year he got about three hundred thousand dollars um approved last year so he's many of the these items are things that he asked for last year so So I make a motion for to approve the seven hundred and seventy thousand dollar request to go forward to the capital committee. I have a second. Second. Okay, thank you. And everybody who's in favor of that can raise their hands. Okay, thank you. And then I have two um, warrants to be approved tonight. Warrant number fourteen, dated October twentieth, two thousand twenty-two. And warrant number 15, dated um, October 27th, 2022. The first amount is for $948,002.91. And the second amount is for $338,099. Can I have a second on that? Second. Okay. All those in favor of approving those two warrants? Okay. Thank you very much. I think that's it. I'm done. Very good. Thank you, Member White. Um, next on the agenda is we have uh, minutes from two meetings uh, to be approved tonight. Uh, uh, minutes from September 21st and October 4th. Um, was everyone here for um, October 12th? Oh, pardon me, October 12th, yes. Um, is everyone here for this meeting? So we can um, approve those uh, together then. Um, so I, I do have one minor mm -hmm. um, edit that I on, didn't catch. On which one? On this October 12th. Okay. Um, just on page three. Um, in the middle of the page. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, I, I'm sure I wasn't enunciating properly, but it should say to keep us in compliance with state law. Um, just wouldn't want that to be confusing for anybody. It says a lot alliance. So it's similar, but that was it. Oh, <laughs> got it. Okay. Very good. Um, any other? Um, suggested changes, edits. Okay, very good. So let's uh, do those then. In, uh, um, well, maybe we should do them uh, separately because that that um, change we want to be sure is incorporated into the motion. So that was sep the September twenty first. Twenty. That was October twelfth. October twelfth. Okay. So let's start with the twenty first then. Uh, um, make a motion to approve the minutes from September 21st, 2022, Milton School Committee meeting. May I have a second, please? Second. Thank you. All those in favor? Very good. Thank you. And then motion made to approve the amended minutes from the October 12th, 2022, Milton School Committee meeting. May I have a second, please? Second. 
Okay, and all those in favor? Very good. Okay. And then this. Very good. Um, so, next meeting agenda items. Uh, first of all, um, we will be holding um, in, in our in line with our discussions around trying mixing up our meeting um, sites and and methods. Um, we're going to try a, another method that we haven't tried in a long time, which is meeting in the Milton High School TV studio in person next week. Um, so the next meeting will be an in-person meeting at Milton High School TV studio. Um, so people who uh, want to attend will and and participate um, at, through Citizen Speak will need to uh, come in person as well as uh, we have a uh, uh, presentation um, next week by the Tucker Site, Site Council, so they'll need to come in person for that uh, presentation because we don't have the wonderful facilities that we have here for people to join remotely. Um, and then we also have a number of updates from our subcommittees and just want to check with you all uh, to see if if you're okay with including update from curriculum and instruction yep. subcommittee yes uh, strategic planning yes and facilities um, we didn't have a quorum tonight so we're not going to be meeting till next month so. okay so do you want me to leave that off then yeah, facilities that off. okay and we don't have a um, finance need for next meeting either because we're not having a meeting next week okay all right very good so we'll just have those two um, updates and uh, we will also be including an item on the superintendent's search next week to begin that conversation. Um, so, um, so I will uh, make a motion uh, to adjourn. Give me a second. Second. Very good. All those in favor? Very good. The meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm yet to use your fancy. <laughs>